Welcome to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your co-host, Angie Rogers-Howell. Now, what is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast where we feature awesome women in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. Today, our premier sponsor is Schaefer Leadership Academy. Find out more at SchaeferLeadership.com. We're also brought to you by Lucky Rabbit Tattoos. Find out more about them at LuckyTats.com. So we've had fun with uh, Audia here yes, recently. Yes, yes. The spooky season is over, spooky Halloween, but not for our kid who is a little bit on the creepy side. She loves things, all things creepy. Now, full transparency, I introduced her to the movie Coraline. Yes. Early on when in she her was little. life. Very little. And that's her favorite It's movie. her favorite. And now you've introduced her to uh, the Adams Family. Adams Family. The old ones, the original. And she saw the movie with her Nana. Yes, she loved that. She thought it was amazing. So she's a little on the creepy side, and we love that about her. So what creepy thing did she bring up the other night? So the other night we were talking, and she's like, Mom, I don't want you to get old and die. I'm like, well, I don't plan on dying anytime soon. But, you know, everybody dies eventually, and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, what happens after we die? And I was like, well, most people get buried in the ground. Some people get cremated. And she's like, what's that? I'm like, well, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Well, it was either that or like heaven and hell. And I'm not sure about that one either. Uh, so I was like, well, you know, when we make a fire and the ashes are left over, they, they do that to bodies and they put them in like a jar and they sit on like your mantle or on a bookshelf or whatever. And then she's like, do those people, do they get to eat? I was like, no, they're dead. Dead people don't eat. She's like, hmm. And then like without a beat, she's like, well, we can eat people when they die. <laughs> I was like, what? She's like, yeah, when people die, we can eat them. Just like reach in, get their heart and and, and eat it. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> just went there. Level nine. Level. Well, she just leveled up right there. I was like, well, we don't want to eat anybody after they die or before they're dead for that matter. Like, let's not eat anybody. She was all like, well, why can't we eat them? <laughs> Because that's cannibalism and we don't do that. And then I chimed in and said, you can't eat the heart anyway because you it's, have to get through the ribcage. It's too hard to get to. Eat you got to eat their butt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no wonder why my kid is so creepy. Like, <laughs> uh, but then we talked about, you know, sometimes if, if somebody dies and they have a good heart and somebody else has a bad heart, the doctors can do a transplant and take the bad heart or the good heart and put it in the bad. She's like, hmm. When you die, can I have your heart? No, creepy little child. You know, <laughs> I mean, maybe if you need it and it's good and it matches, maybe. But uh, no, you don't need my heart. So anyway, my kid, she's just she just thinks about she's, things differently. She's at that questioning. She age. is definitely. Uh, she'll be six in the month of November. Yep. So she's getting to that age, and I believe in you know when kids ask questions, you answer them honestly age appropriate like we don't need to get into like everything like transplant plants and uh Hello, I was cremation thinking, i was thinking more along <laughs> like the birds and the bees and stuff like that oh yeah that doesn't happen until later yeah we don't have to get into the specifics of all of that but you know you ask what happens when you die well people get buried people get cremated uh they maybe get eaten i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Not in this country anymore. No, we don't, we tend not to do that anymore. So anyway, interesting facts uh, on the afterlife by Zuzu. Hi there, Matt Howe introducing you to Purple Hippo Ads, local digital advertising. Let's say you want more qualified customers, clients, and donors in your sales funnel. We create display and text ads targeted to attract those visitors to a landing page 
with specific information and an intake form for them to contact you. We manage, tweak, and adjust the campaign to optimize every click and gain more conversions. Purple Hippo ads are perfect for discounts, offers, email opt-ins, events, introducing new products or services, increasing donations, or finding qualified job applicants. Interested? Great. Just fill out the contact form on purplehippoads.com and let's talk. today is Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. Schaefer Leadership is having a workshop on November 19th. What's it called? It's called Too Nice to Lead. And who is putting it on? It's presented by Jessica Shrout. Do you know Jessica? I do know Jessica. I know Jessica too. Yeah, she's cool. Uh, she is from Circle 3 Branding and she'll be talking about Too Nice to Lead. Do you find yourself apologizing too much? Do you downplay your accomplishment? Leadership welcomes all types, but by being so nice, you might find yourself struggling to capture the attention you deserve. This session addresses the most common passive traits, and you'll help identify ways to turn them into strengths. You'll become a better leader by rewriting the story behind who you are and why you're too nice to lead. Find out more at SchaeferLeadership.com. And who do we have in the studio today? Hi, I'm Jody Moisen, mm -hmm. and I'm the owner of the Washington Street Toy Emporium on West Washington Street. Awesome. So it's right over there across from Cornerstone. Yes, beautiful area. It's been so enjoyable to live over there, and Cornerstone's been great as far as being neighbors. Nice. And now it's a two-way street. Yeah, that was a big, big thing. I, I didn't know how I'd feel about it. Mm -hmm. It was a little... It's a lot I of kind, change. Yeah, yeah, I kind of fought it because I was like, we also live there. Okay. So now... Now, traffic is literally bumped up right to our sidewalk, oh, which yeah. we've gotten used to it. The first time that I we kind of noticed it, we were going into our kitchen one night and there was a car parked there and I was like, oh my gosh, somebody's on our sidewalk. <laughs> and it was actually somebody using the, the stop there. So. Okay. And it, it works out really well, too, because studies have shown if you have a two-way street, you get more traffic mm -hmm. for your business. Well, tell us about your business. I basically carry toys that I think are generational toys. Mm -hmm. Things that aren't tied to a product like a movie or a cartoon. Okay. It's different than what you would find at Walmart mm -hmm. and Target and those places. I was an art major, art education major at Ball State. Okay. And so a lot of the toys I have, there's a lot of things that will help help the development of the child with them. Mm -hmm. It encourages play, but it also encourages learning. So right. I carry a lot of those. Okay. And I have a big emphasis on dolls. That's been probably my passion far as in the store is a lot of dolls. Okay, excellent. Now, what are your hours? When are you open? We're open Wednesday through Friday, 11 to 5.30, then on Saturday, 11 to 4. Very cool. If you want more information about us, mm -hmm. you go to Washington Street Toy Emporium on Facebook. You can link into that. And I usually post different toys that we've gotten in. If we have a sale, you can contact me on there. I okay. answer it, I mean, just almost instantly. Oh, yeah, that's how I found you. Mm -hmm. It was on Facebook. And it works out really well because if you have something that you're looking for, 
store, one of the great things about my toy shop is I do custom toys. Okay. So if there's anything that you're needing, like we had a customer that came in and she had a little pink bear and she had three kids, two of the girls that were pretty old at this point, they had had their baby pictures with little pink bear. Mm -hmm. Well, by the time they had their son, toys changed. They couldn't locate the blue bear. So she brought in the pink bear and said, can you find this for me? And I looked everywhere and I couldn't find it. It was out of production. I contacted the company and I just couldn't locate it. I was a bear artist on the internet before I had this toy shop. And I told her, I said, I think I could make you one. I was able to like replicate it exactly what it looked like. They were able to take their baby's first picture with it. So So we've done several projects like that where if someone can't find a toy that's like a stuffed animal, Mm -hmm. I can a lot of times replicate it or I do custom action figures with an art background. It really helps me to be able to do things that other toy stores may not be able to offer. Right. Yeah. And things you're not going to be able to find at Walmart right. or wherever. Exactly so. right. So how long has the store been around? Well, we bought the house about five years ago. So you guys live there. Do you yes. live upstairs? Or? Yes. Okay. I live on the second floor. Okay. And my son, who is a student at Ivy Tech, lives on the third floor. I enjoy having him there. So. so so, what made you decide to open up a toy store there? I've always loved toys. When I was little, I would think, why do adults that have this income stop buying toys? It just didn't make much sense to me. I'd been thinking, oh my gosh, I can't wait till I work and I can actually buy toys. I had that love of toys. And like I said, I was an artist. So it's kind of ties itself a little bit in together because a lot of toys, you really admire how they're put together and how they look and how they're developed and things like that. I kind of look at them as practical little art pieces that kids can enjoy. And my grandmother had always taught me to make like rag dolls. Kind of, she would help me make custom toys basically when I started out. Well, then when I didn't have kids, sort of bummed, I couldn't buy toys, couldn't really justify, <laughs> even though I'd go there, I'd be like, oh, that's cool. And then I go, nah, I really can't buy it yet. But when I had my son, Jonathan, it was like, that made my day. I was like, I can go to the toy store and have an excuse to buy all these really cool toys. And he loved action figures. Mm -hmm. He got really big into Star Wars. Mm -hmm. He had found a catalog of the original Star Wars toys that he honestly thought, you can go on this catalog and order it. Well, I had to explain that this was in 77 when these were made. (laughs) So we just order those Yeah, you just can't order those. So (laughs) I told him, I said, well, we'll go to antique stores and flea markets and and like comic cons and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and pick up these. And and there were some really inexpensive ones, and it was great. We picked them up. But then as he was getting the harder-to-find ones, they were really expensive. Oh, yeah. As we were buying these, I was explaining to my husband, you know, that, hey, I'm going to try to find some way to make the extra income just so that I can kind of do it without guilt. So I made a life-size Ewok, and people went nuts for it. I would have it out. We had, like, a little mini museum in the basement, and people would go, oh, my gosh, where'd you get the Ewok? And I said, well, I made it. Someone would say, can I have one? And I'd say, sure. And so I was giving them away at first and then I said you know what this is getting sort of expensive giving these away <laughs> maybe I should start yeah, selling maybe these. I should start selling them so we started selling them at, at little Star Wars conventions okay. little, little like toy shows and things like that we sold out I put them on eBay I called them Endorians I didn't call them Ewoks right I made smart little bit, <laughs> yeah. I made little vignette stories about who they were in the tribe and gave them a, a lifestyle that was in the story and so 
they were called Endorians and I put them on eBay and they took off. I was getting just inundated with orders. But once I started getting famous, because I was in a magazine called Toy Fair, and I thought, well, I'll check and see if I can actually manufacture these, Mm -hmm. what it would take. I contacted Lucas. They knew who I was which sort of made me nervous. <laughs> and they said, we love your product. And, he, and then they said, we, you know, we're not going to bother you if you're doing one or two a week even. Mm-hmm. They said, but if we start seeing it on a large scale, then we're going to shut you down. And I said, well, what if I can get a, get a license? What could I, how much would that involve? Right. She said, you'd have to be up and making a thousand right now. And I said, there's no way I could yeah. do that. So once I got kind of known in that community, I was really fearful that they would blow right. her up and <laughs> yeah, I would you'd... get a cease and desist or yeah, something because it made me nervous. So I was on the internet going, okay, Ewoks, what's like an Ewok? Teddy bears. And so I had opened a shop in Yorktown, a little toy shop at that time. And I'd been in business about two years. Okay. I started making teddy bears. Artist teddy bears on eBay had this little, like almost cult following of mm-hmm. people that from all over the world would collect these little works of art. Oh, okay. And I was watching people sell these little bears that were like six inches tall or littler for three and four hundred dollars. And oh, I'm wow. like, holy cow, I'm making a life size Ewok and selling it for two fifty. Mm-hmm. So I was like, shipping will be so much easier. And yeah. so I started making teddy bears and I put them in my toy store and I had this one there and it was a beautiful little bear and and people would love it. They'd go, how much is that bear? And I'd say $60. And they'd go, oh my gosh, $60 for a teddy bear? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. And so my ego got a little hurt (laughs) and I brought it home and I said, this just isn't going to sell in my shop. Friends said, put it on eBay. Mm -hmm. Put it on eBay. It sold for $300. And I went, well, I've got something here. I found here. my yeah, market. I found yeah. something here. <laughs> so I started making bear or two a week. Mm-hmm. When my bear finally got up to $950, my husband, who was an accountant, said, Jody, why are you sitting in a toy shop selling someone else's stuff for a lot less? Mm-hmm. He said, you can be home with the boys, work on bears. It became a full-time job. I did end up shutting my shop down after three years. Mm-hmm. I love that shop. It was an old doctor building that looked like this tiny little cute little cottage house Mm -hmm. but it was so cold and after Christmas we got so dead that I would be sitting there sitting there in the cold by yourself yeah absolutely so I said okay this sounds like a plan and I really hated it because I really loved the kids that came in and Mm -hmm. I got to know them really well I had regulars that would come in and so I went online started making teddy bears and I didn't have to worry about someone coming at me because it's all original right it was really great and so I, then I started making custom My Little Ponies. Okay. And they look like different characters, but they got super, super famous. And in fact, um, I'd done this My Little Pony of Spider-Man, and I put a Stan Lee Mighty Mug with it. And Stan Lee contacted me. And he said, his person in his office said, hey, look, Stan wants to buy it. We know it's going to be expensive, but would you be willing to part with it? And I said, I will give it to him if I can fly out to LA with my boys and meet Stan Lee. And he said, oh my gosh, serious? And I said, (laughs) I'm like, like, you all aren't realizing, I'm like ready to just jump out of my skin. I'm Mm -hmm. so excited that you're even thinking 
that, that you even it. know who we are. Yeah, yeah, he goes, he goes, well, let me talk to Stan and see. He called me back in half hour. He goes, absolutely. He's excited to meet me. My son and I, we flew out to LA, got to meet Stan Lee. My son was graduating Ball State with a TCOM degree, but he's always loved comics. And he had thought about going into comics. So he talked to Stan about how to get into comics and what, what he could do and stuff like that. Long story short, Jonathan became an editor at Marvel. Okay. So after he graduated, he's he was a Marvel editor. And so he, it was really cute because I had started being really famous with the ponies and I started getting on a bunch of, a lot of po- my little pony blogs and all this. And it took off like crazy. My son, I when he was working at Marvel as an intern, I said, hey, I said, would you want some of these ponies of mine? Because I'd belong to a comic book forum and the guys on there were going nuts for him. Oh, the bronies. Yeah. The, you... the, and that, they were called jonies. And it's, oh, this was before bronies. Oh, okay. So this was long before bronies. I started doing these and Jonathan, I told him, I said, do you want a couple for your desk? And he said, no, mom, I don't want a couple for the desk. And I went, okay, fine. Put your ponies out. on my desk. Yeah, I said, He's okay. got Iron Man there yeah. or something like that yeah and I'm like fine whatever (laughs) so then he goes he calls back about a a month later and he said hey do you have any of those ponies still and I said oh you really want one now and he goes weird thing he said I was going out with a bunch of the editors to lunch and we were talking about cool custom toys and a bunch of the editors were talking like hey did you see that person who does the my little pony custom ponies and he said wait a minute where'd you see that and they pulled it up he goes that's my mom (laughs) and so he goes mom I want to put them on my desk and as soon as he put them on the desk editors or if they were visiting stars mm-hmm. they'd see him and go my god where did you get that and so he'd go well my mom made him you want it all the editors at marvel that has those ponies on the desk he eventually ended up getting a job with it and so i was doing all the in- online stuff mm-hmm. and then this is where the story kind of takes a sad turn my husband passed away from lung cancer oh, about okay. seven years ago and he was kind of my muse a little bit i he was an accountant okay he had no artistic ability and he really made me feel good about anytime I showed him something he's like you're amazing you're awesome you know and he'd brag about me and so it kind of just took the wind out of my Mm -hmm. sail because I'm a happy artist not a sad suffering artist and so I just stopped I just stopped doing it and and I couldn't have the home business because at that time there was no insurance it was Mm -hmm. too expensive oh yeah so I got a job at a bank and I hate saying it for three soul-sucking years well I was gonna say you're an artist (laughs) How does working at a bank? It was terrible. (laughs) People were nice, loved the customers, the coworkers were great. But as an artist, you don't follow a straight line a lot of the times. Right. And you cannot deviate at a bank. Oh, and, yeah. And which I understand. And I want those people in my, controlling my money. But it was not for me. I just was, it was just bad. I, you know, I did a good job, but I just wasn't happy. And so then the affordable health care came out. I said, you know what? This is a chance. And my dad passed away during that time. And he left me some extra money. And I thought, you know what? I'm so tired of being unhappy. What made me happy? And I thought my toy shop. That was the last Mm -hmm. job that I had that I just really thought this is going to make me happy. I started looking for a property Mm -hmm. and I've always loved the house I'm in because we used to live on Elm Street, right near Elm Street Brewery, Mm -hmm. in fact. And we would walk by that house and my husband and I would go, man, if we ever make it there, we're going to live there. That's where we want to live. Yeah, we want to live there. And so it was for 
for sale. And we went in and said, all right, I think we can make it into a toy store and I can live on the second floor. And that's how it is. What a story. I yeah. know. It was a long <laughs> story. No, that's all right. No, that's awesome. It was, the whole Marvel connection. Uh, yeah. You say your son's working there. He's now still? working. He worked at Marvel for four years as an editor. In fact, the Marvel uh, Spider-Man that's called Miles Morales, he was working on as the editor. And it was really cool for him because he was dating a girl that was Puerto Rican at the time. And he said, Mom, I'm really pushing for this project because he said, if we have kids, someone that they can look up to. Mm -hmm. And Miles Morales, the new Spider-Man, is Puerto Rican. Oh, okay. What do you like to do for fun nowadays? I love to kind of travel. Mm -hmm. Uh, To me, the trip... A lot of it is the drive that's part the most fun. Mm-hmm. My son and I, I kind of drag him out with me on the weekends, and we kind of explore around Indiana. You can literally go from southern Indiana that looks like you're in this really beautiful hilly part of mm-hmm. the state, and then you can go up north where the sand dunes are oh, up yeah. near mm-hmm. Lake yeah. Michigan. And there's all these great little communities all around us that mm-hmm. have something unique about them. And a lot of times we call them $20 days, and we have to explore places. Mm -hmm. under $20. Now we sometimes go a little bit over, but we try to stay within that. We try to find what's kind of big in their city and check it out. And it's really nice. And I really want to support small businesses Mm -hmm. and find out what's out there because people that come into my shop, they'll say, well, what's around Muncie? Because we've had people from India and Fort Wayne come in Mm -hmm. and I'll say, oh, you need to go here, here, and here. And over here, there's this. And in this little city, not too far away, there's this. Mm -hmm. It's kind of nice because I would hope somebody would do that for me oh yeah and I just love it I I sometimes want to smack a phone out of my son's hand because <laughs> well, he yeah. has never how old seen, is he how old he's is he right 23 okay, okay. All right. and yeah. he literally we have those too yes <laughs> I'm like oh I'm driving and I'm like look how pretty it is Jackson oh my gosh look at it. and he's on his phone looking at his head down he looks up out the window real quick and back down and I'm like Jackson you're missing so much of life here <laughs> when my son was out in LA he had done an my oldest son mm-hmm. had done an internship I went out to pick him up and I said I want to drive across the country and I don't Mm -hmm. want to have any set time we're just going to travel we're just going to see what's out there and we're driving across the northern western states and there's areas out there you can go 100 miles and not see a single house oh yeah and it was at night he's on his phone I said I want to see the stars and so I pulled alongside the road and he's looking down at his phone and I said Jonathan look at all these beautiful stars mom I've seen stars and I said you haven't seen these stars and I'm like just my head's exploding with how beautiful it is. Finally look in and I said, if you don't get out of the car and look at these stars, I'm going to take that phone and I'm going to run over it. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, okay. And he got out and he literally went, wow. You know, he goes, this is pretty amazing. Yeah. And and it was funny because we went to, oh, Deadwood. We went up and saw Mount Rushmore. I thought we were having just this wonderful, awesome mom and son <laughs> last big time. vacation. And I was like, I told everyone everybody I say it was the best time Jonathan and I bonded so much it was so awesome we pick up a friend of his after we get back at the airport and I'm driving and, and he goes hey you guys just traveled all the way across the country how was it and I'm like waiting on the, like, the comment it's amazing. like it was amazing I love my mom it's you know and he goes oh my gosh I thought we were never going to get home <laughs> it was the longest trip of my entire life and I went my heart just went wah, wah. And later on I 
told him, I said, because I drove him back out to L.A. just last Christmas. And I t- warned him. I said, you better enjoy this. And I said, and when you talk about it, you better remember it fondly. And say, my mom was my amazing. Mom was amazing. <laughs> She's the best well, travel and partner. He will, he'll look back at that later. Well, that's when he's I'm, not with his friends and yes, too cool and that's whatever. That's what a friend told me. She yes. said, Jody, he will, those will be the moments that he will look back and say he really enjoyed. Well, are you a Muncie native? Are you from here or I've are you a transplant? I've been here since 77. Okay. I came to Ball State. I'm from Marion, Indiana. Okay. Um, I feel Muncie more than Marion now because mm-hmm. I've had my kids here. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I met my husband at Ball State and we just love Ball, love Muncie. It's, it really is a great little city. Um, I know people say it has its problems and it does, but every city But every has, city does. Yeah. With Ball State, there's so much you can utilize and, and take advantage of. I mean, we get Broadway plays. I think a great little city. And I think that the town is really, because we've lost all our factories, mm-hmm. I think they've really decided that we're going to be this kind of cool little eclectic town that inspires people to create things and open businesses. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool for Muncie. Excellent. Tell me, what's the most used emoji on your phone? Smiley face and laughing face. Okay. It's strange. I, I think, because I've had two bouts of cancer. My mom had a brain tumor. My husband died of cancer. My father died tragically. For a while now, I told my sons, I said, you know, I've been really trying to pick myself up, build a new life. It was the best marriage you could possibly ever have, but it's gone now. And I could sit and dwell about it and get real depressed, Mm -hmm. but that's not who I've been raised to be. But I noticed that there's a lot of times that I'm a little more angry, a little bit of sadness. But in the last year, you know, because I would say, why me? Mm-hmm. Why did this all happen to me? Well, why didn't it happen to right. me? I mean, it can happen to anybody. And it has happened to me. And I can either be angry and feel bad about it, or I can say, you know what, I'm going to pick myself up, my life is going to change, and I'm going to make it the best life that I can, Mm -hmm. because I still have two sons that are dependent on me to be able to look at me and say, my mom didn't quit. She didn't let this beat her. But if it doesn't work out, I've learned there's something else. Mm-hmm. And there's, I want to travel. I love Harry Potter. And I went to Universal and we went to Harry Potter land. Nice. And I'm like, you mean you can get paid to work here? <laughs> I would just volunteer all the time. So I was like, I could actually become a Harry Potter person in this park. Yeah. Dress like Absolutely. a wizard. That would be fun. And, yeah. yeah. And get paid for this. This is just, sign me up. If I was closer to LA, that's what I'd that's be what doing. That's what you do. Oh, awesome. yeah. I'd do yeah. A heartbeat. Thank you so much You're for welcome. being our guest today. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. I've enjoyed it. This has been real nice. I'm excited that you guys are doing this because I think Muncie is very supportive of women in business. Mm-hmm. At least I feel like I've been very supportive. It's nice to see you guys are kind of promoting small business Absolutely. women and other women that have done things that should be kind of yeah, had their we horns to celebrate it. Yeah. I know. Oftentimes people, when I ask them to come on, they're like, who, who, me? What, what, what do I have to talk about? I'm like, everyone has a story and everyone has things that could be celebrated right. and if you're not going to toot your own horn then just let us help you and right we'll help you toot it too so and you had a great story today thank oh, you very good. much well thank you well, i've enjoyed it thanks i appreciate for, the chance no problem thanks for stopping by the farmhouse thank you bye we are also sponsored today by lucky rabbit tattoos find out more at luckytats.com did you know College students can snag $5 off of piercing fees by showing their 
student ID. What? Yeah. So instead of $35, you can get your piercing for $30 plus the cost of your jewelry. Do you think they'd uh, let me pass off my alumni card? I don't know. Probably. Maybe. I'm going to talk, talk to, to Daniel. Talk about to Daniel. That. I bet he'd do it. But anyway, are students... you going to get a tattoo? Are you going to get a piercing? You never know. Okay. No. But. <laughs> But anyway, you're saying students. Yes. You can get five bucks off? Five bucks off. So college students, because you have to be over 18. Yeah, show your ID. But you have to show your ID, take it in there, and they will give you $5 off. So swing in on a Monday, Friday, or Saturday to take advantage of some savings. Learn more at LuckyTats.com. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know I really love it when Angie comes at me with all kinds of uh, stuff she found on the internet. Mostly games. You don't like it when I do games. I hate games, but this is but just random as bad. tidbits I find online. You don't yes. like you don't like that either. No. What do you like, husband? I just like talking. Come on. Okay. Well. Anyway, you have found a list for us to uh, partake of, and we've asked Amy. We ha- yes, Amy Leffingwell is joining us in the studio. So, what's our list? Our list is surprising Hoosier inventions. Ooh. I know. <laughs> Riveting. This is gonna be super right? exciting. Right. Super yes. exciting. We are from Muncie, Indiana. Let's go. Yes. Mm-hmm. So interesting things that Hoosiers have invented. Did you know sliced bacon? Okay. Sliced bacon <laughs> was made right here. How else are in you Indiana? <laughs> how did, how did they eat it out on I the mean, range? Did they know. not slice it? Did Chop they, it? I mean, they probably sliced it. They chopped it. it up and put it in beans, right? Well, yeah. And okay. did they hang it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What do you mean? Just hang it right it. off the pig or like. It's a pork <laughs> belly. It's a square, <laughs> it's a square it piece of meat. Hungry. And then you. you well, they have to cut it, but I think I think we're talking about commercially available packed meat sliced. Like in a store. In a store, yes. The first meatpacking plant to introduce sliced bacon was Kingen and Company, and their sliced bacon showed up in the 1920s, sold in one-pound boxes under the name Reliable Brands. Did you know that the first device that could measure a person's intoxication was called the drunkometer? A drunkometer. Drunkometer, yes. Can we still call them that? No, I think now we call them breathalyzers, but at one point they used to be called the drunkometer. It was invented in 1938 by Dr. Harger. He was an Indiana University Medical School professor, and he invented it. It involved blowing into a balloon and then transferring the air into a chemical solution that would change color if the air contained alcohol. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, no. In the 50s, he took it a step further, and then they invented the breathalyzer, which is more portable and easier to use. But um, yeah, they made it. It all started with Harger. H A R G E. So after this podcast, we can go get Hargard. You can. Yeah. Hargard. <laughs> <laughs> but we have him to thank for the breathalyzer or will, the drunkometer. I will now forever call it the drunkometer. I'm going to call that for forever, kids. forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Did you know sideburns? Civil War generals were known for their interesting facial hair and sideburns. General Ambrose Burnside was born in Liberty, Indiana. Wait, his name's Burnside? Mm -hmm. Yes, Burnside. He kept his chin and only his chin neatly shaven. What was left was a mustache connected to giant whiskers on the side of his face. Burnside had limited success on the battlefield. In fact, he was responsible for several military disasters. But because of him and the way he styled his beard and his sideburns, we got the name Burnside. Why did we switch it? Sideburn. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Hey, we talked about sliced bacon. So did you know that Wonder Bread was first sold in stores on May 21st, 
1921 in Indianapolis. The red, yellow, and blue dots on the package represent the balloons that their executives saw while watching a balloon race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Hmm. So that's where the little... Now, was it sliced? Yes. Wonder Bread was one of the first pre-sliced white breads to be packaged and sold nationwide and was marketed as such, leading to the saying, the greatest thing since sliced bread. Well, okay. That's very but it wonderful. came from Indianapolis. Wonderful. Slice we slice up. bacon. We slice bread. Mm-hmm. What else you got to slice? Bananas. This segment. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. funny. In 1915, Coke wanted to set itself apart with a bottle redesign, as soft drink makers' competitors had been stealing their bottles. Design. Yes. Oh. Not so. there. So they were all the same. Yeah, they're all looking the same, and so like Pepsi and whoever started like replicating coke's bottles so they all started looking the same so the Terre Haute based root glass company stepped up to the task in its instructions to root coke asked for a bottle that could be recognized when broken on the ground by touch in the dark what oh wow yeah that's a pretty tall order tall order Mm -hmm. i don't know how you would do that but anyway they they did did it it. (laughs) and we still use it today and so that came from Terre Haute. and no other bottles look like the coke bottle no other bottle is quite as sexy as coke that's That's true. true There you go. So, Amy, you had one. I do. That I you do. are that you have knowledge mm-hmm. of the Hoosier cabinet. Hoosier cabinet. And when I say that, you probably don't know what it is, but you would if you saw them because they are all over antique stores. Um, they look like pie like a pie safe? saver, pie safe, or like just a cabinet with a counter. The idea was to back like in the 1800s, turn of the century, women's lives were really hard because they didn't have cabinets and they didn't have kitchen sink and they didn't have places to store things in the kitchen. So they'd have to go in the cellar and they'd have to go to the garden and they, to get everything. This combined everything in one. They could store things. There was a flour sifter, cooking cabinet, measurement, like charts. And it was just like, it was awesome. And I want to say Newcastle. Okay. But it, of course, nationwide became a, a huge hit. And so it was right here. Right here. That's the mm-hmm. Hoosier cabinet. The Hoosier cabinet. Yep. And how do you know so much about this Hoosier cabinet? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> there happens to be a an exhibit mm-hmm. at Minatrista called Hoosier Innovation. So we should all, after this, go over there. Yeah. Um, and I was asked to do a voiceover for it. So, yeah. so I there's to learn all about interactive it. exhibit. Yes. You push buttons, and when you push the button, you hear Amy's you voice. You hear me for part of it. Yeah. So yeah. So I had to look up, look it up, and you know, make sure I knew all my facts and all of that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Surprising Hoosier Inventions. Thank you so much, Amy, for being here. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k, or you can find us on Facebook just by searching goneboss. If you like what you hear today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Our premier sponsor today was the Schaefer Leadership Academy. Find out more at schaeferleadership.com. We're also brought to you by Lucky Rabbit Tattoos. Check them out at luckytats.com. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week and find out who has gone boss.